Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Do you want to ask me a question about motorhomes, caravans, campervans or the travel industry in general? You can suggest a topic for a future episode or ask me a specific question about your leisure vehicle or just say hi. Simply head to motorhomemat.co.uk forward slash ask Matt and send me a voice message or write to me using the form on the page. I'd love it if you're nice, but you don't have to be. We will play and answer your question in an upcoming podcast episode. So listen in to hear yours. Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. I'm Keith Gooden. Uh, 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 uh. I've got the power. Oh, lead vocalist Matt <laughs> Sims joins us. Fantastic. Deary me. Uh, I think Snap are going to be suing us very soon. <laughs> Uh, we're talking electrics today that was why we're talking about the power and have you got it <laughs> here i am you Matt. definitely haven't got it <laughs> you've got something here i am Matt. i'm in my motorhome uh, you know i've gone out i've driven around i'm not on a campsite i'm off grid and uh, i need some power just to live just to watch a bit of television boil a kettle dry my hair okay yeah <laughs> dry your hair how do I do it without hooking up? You realise how funny that statement is if you're watching this on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we want to talk batteries, inverters, solar panels and all of that malarkey. Always a big topic of debate. We've had lots of people emailing us questions about fitting these things. We thought, right, OK, let's go through some basics. So a motorhome has two batteries in it. It has the starter battery. And it has what's referred to as the leisure battery. Now, the starter battery is in the cab, and that's just going to look after starting your engine and running the, the headlights, the brake lights, indicators, and all of that. So you don't want to be living on that, because if you did, it possibly won't start. So that's why a motorhome has a second battery, which we call the leisure or habitation battery. And then that's the bit we can play with, because you should never fit a solar panel to a starter battery. Uh, it's a very dangerous thing to do. So you can fit one to a leisure battery, and there are lots and lots of different types of leisure battery. So your leisure battery is the one that you draw power from for watching television and, like I said, drying my hair uh, yeah. and making a cup of coffee. It's the leisure battery. Well, you can attach a solar panel to that we, one. We, we need to leave your hair out of this, Keith, <laughs> partly because you haven't got any. The leisure battery runs all of the motorhome systems. So it runs the lights in the motorhome. It's going to run the water pump. It's going to run the fan on the heater. It's going to turn the fridge on so that the fridge can then run on another power source. So most fridges never run on a battery. They run either on the engine, they run on an electric hookup, so the power cable to the campsite or the, you know, the national grid, uh, or they run on gas. But it still needs 12 volts to light the panel and determine the little circuit board that, that decides which power source it's going to run on. Some motorhomes have a, a, an electric drop-down bed or an electric awning or an electric sunroof. Those are all things that are run from the battery, and they're really power-hungry. So you've come back from your walk, and you want to watch TV, now, and you've got no electric hookup, so you're going to need to run that television from the battery. Now, a motorhome television, brands like Avtex or Vision Plus, and there are others, they are designed and built to run on a battery. They have a 12-volt, remember the cigarette lighter plug? It's like a little round black thing. Um, you see one in the cab of your, of your, of your vehicle. Um, and they used to always be used for cigarette lighters, and now generally we put USB adapters in them. But one of those can run your television. Now, you need to be mindful, though, that television is going to draw quite a lot of power. 
And there is a risk that if you haven't got the right battery, you're going to get through two or three episodes of you know, whatever you're watching. Homes under the hammer. Homes under the hammer. Let's deal with that. So you're not going to manage the whole box set. You know, you're only going to get through half the first series of Game of Thrones. Now, we, we must say again, we're not hooked up, OK? Don't just say, well, why aren't you just hooked up? We're off grid just for a couple of nights. We're in right? the Cairngorms. Yeah. So it's all about having the right battery to do this. So should we talk about different types of battery? Let's cover that one. That was one of the questions we had. So lead acid is the lowest cost point of type of battery. And they are full of acid. And they're probably, I'd say, the the least favourable choice for a habitation battery. They have to be in a box, a plastic box, which is sealed. Because if the battery were to leak, uh, then you're going to get acid everywhere. So that plastic box is really important. They also don't last as long as some of the other types of battery. The next one up is kind of an EFB battery, which is very typical for a leisure battery. And then above that is the AGM battery which is and these all go up in price and they generally last much longer they're much quicker to recharge as well up to 50 percent quicker than a lead acid battery and then above that you've got the lithium iron design which is a very much more recent innovation that's the type of battery that's in your smartphone and they're used in start stop batteries for those vehicles that you know the engine turns off at the traffic lights and starts itself they are generally a lithium ion battery teslas have lithium ion batteries in them that's the electric cars are using lithium ion technology so it's coming on really really fast and it started to make an appearance uh, in motorhomes uh, and camper vans and they are much more expensive so a lead acid battery is to give you an idea, £80. Uh, and then you evolve through up to five, £600 for a lithium-ion battery. But it must be said, mustn't it, that, that, that Len Asset is the very old, original battery it technology. Lithium-ion is modern technology, provides a lot more bang for your buck. That's right, yeah. And, and they will last much, much longer than anything else. So an AGM battery will last you, it really is subjective, depends what you're doing, but it's easily going to last you a weekend, if not longer. And a leisure battery, an EFB battery, is going to last you several days as well. However, if you're running that hairdryer, that is going to really crucify the battery quickly. It's going to drain it really fast. And there are, you can buy battery monitors that you can plug onto the battery and see what the charge is. And most motorhomes, in fact, will have a gauge and tell you where the battery is and what the voltage is. It's really important to note you mustn't let the battery go below 6 volts. Otherwise, it's going to be very, very difficult to bring it back to life. Yeah, uh, electricity and batteries. I, I, I could go on about this for ages and bore you. I'm not going to. All I'm going to say is electricity is a magic thing. You put electricity into a battery, it causes a chemical reaction. When you reverse the chemical reaction, electricity is generated again. It's not the same electricity you put in that you get out. Like I said, electricity is magical. So uh, as Matt was saying, you mustn't let the battery go down below the recommended levels because it just won't recharge again. No, not off the motorhome charge. I mean, you can buy a specialist charger which you know is going to be hundreds of pounds and you know most batteries can be brought back to life with a specialist reconditioner and charger not all the time but you know you're into an expensive bit of kit to do that and a motorhome camper van charger unit is just not going to be able to do it so what we want to do is tell people uh, who are thinking of going off grid for a weekend what they can do we don't want to play, paint a black picture and say you can't do all this don't bother doing it we're going to do it we're going to go to the Cairngorms we're going to have that uh, say Friday night Saturday uh, Sunday during the day start driving back on Sunday how can I reasonably use my battery power uh, so I can live fairly well uh, without getting uh, stranded or not being able to have yeah. a shower or a boiler kettle well there are two ways that you could recharge that battery if it's gone 
flat, you could start the engine of the motorhome and that's going to put a charge back into it. You could buy a solar panel and pop that on the roof or you can buy freestanding ones and connect that to the battery with just with crocodile clips onto the battery terminals. So red being positive, black being negative, of course. You could have one permanently wired in onto the roof of the motorhome as well and permanently connected to the leisure battery. Those are the two main ways. The other way, of course, is to hook the motorhome up to electric. But you said we're in the Cairngorms and our extension is not long enough to reach the socket. (laughs) (laughs) I went went to see the farmer and said, could I park next to his house? But he wanted to charge me 60 quid. So I said, no, thanks very much. (laughs) So he got his permission and parked in his field. Look, that's the key there. Absolutely. (laughs) So... A solar panel is a great addition. A solar panel isn't going to run your appliance. It's going to recharge the battery that runs your appliance. And Now, solar is really inefficient, but it's free. There's, you know, We hope the sun comes up every day. Uh, and obviously, the brighter it is and the longer the sun's in the sky, the more power is going to be put into the battery. And you have to have a controller that ensures that the right voltage is going into that battery. Uh, and there are different types of controllers. Should I bore you with that? Yeah, OK. <laughs> <laughs> You can't really say no to that. There's, there's, it's really simple. There's there's two types. Uh, there's a PWM controller that just basically takes the solar voltage down from typically around 20 volts because the sun's really generous and keeps it at about 12, 12 and a half volts, putting a charge into the battery. The other type, and then when the, when the, when the sun goes, that's it, it's gone. There's no more charge. And when there's a lot of cloud as well. That Absolutely. Yeah. The other type is an MPPT controller, which stands for Maximum Power Point Tracking. Right? You didn't know that, did you? I didn't know that, and thank you very much for telling me. <laughs> You're welcome. So what an MPPT controller does is it stores the power from the sun. So, and, and when the battery gets low, it puts the power into the battery, even if the sun is gone. So in the evening, an MPPT controller will still recharge the battery. So for your little trip, because you're watching the telly, while you're sat there looking at the view, an MPPT controller is a great idea because the sun's been out all day. It's got to 7, 8 o'clock in the evening. The sun's gone down. That solar panel is still working and still recharging your battery. It's like a middleman for you. It's a middleman. It yeah. stores the power and feeds it into the battery. Yeah, so, so your battery can idea. only take so much, uh, and the MPPT is like a backup battery. Yeah? It, it is. is it stores it and then implements it into the battery as the battery needs it. And they cost a little bit more, but the most important thing, if you're going to fit a solar panel, is you must have a controller. If you connect a solar panel straight to a battery, you'll be putting 20 volts into it and it's going to go pop. Yeah. So what's that going to cost me? So a solar panel is going to cost you between two and £400, depending on the size of solar panel you go for, is, is my experience. Solar panels generally start about 100 watts, 120 watts, maybe bigger, and you can fit multiple panels on your roof, like you do on a house, uh, subject to there being enough real estate on the roof so you know you've got when i say that i mean you've got things like roof lights you've got a television aerial so it's about the physical space on your roof you might have a roof on your motorhome which is kind of curved you know like a slope because you've got an overcab bed you can buy solar panels that are flexible and they can be bonded straight to the roof and you can then use that kind of arched curved bit of roof space which is generally has nothing on it and you can use that area there for your solar panel so i'm not taking my solar panels out of uh, storage in the motorhome and setting them up they're actually bonded in some cases to my roof yeah they, they generally are so you can get freestanding ones that fold up into a briefcase um, and they're a bit cumbersome there's always the risk that someone's going to steal it i suppose but so ones bonded to the roof are there are then a permanent fixture and you can keep an eye on the control panel and when there's a little green light flashing that's the sun doing its thing 
I don't want to do that, though, Matt. What I want to do is old-fashioned technology. You know, I've got some spare fuel in the back. A generator! (laughs) You know I hate them. So generators have two issues for me. One is the noise. Now, you're in the middle of the Cairngorms. You you might upset a few sheep, and that won't be the first time. (laughs) And, And the other factor is the risk of damage. There's always a risk that a generator could peak. If you think how big the voltage suppressant kit is that runs out of Hinkley Point, of any power station. It's it's massive. It's huge to give us smooth power at home. Same bit of kit on a generator is the size of a small lunchbox. And you're relying on that to keep the voltage at 240 volts. The likelihood of it, yeah, achieving that is low. Mm. And there's always a risk of damage. We've had motorhomes come back from higher where they've gone motocross events are the norm or equestrian events and people are allowed and permitted to use a generator at them for certain times of the day and they've used the jenny to run the tv or or whatever they're doing run the nespresso machine and the control unit's been blown and the front end of it is fried and it's a you know it's a thousand pounds to repair so they can be a very expensive choice i'm very wary of them and the risk is you leave the generator on and then you turn the petrol engine off and as that engine dies away, the voltage goes up, and that's when you cause damage. So provided you're really disciplined about using one, they can be really successful. But just go as expensive as you can afford is what I'd say with a Jenny. Generator technology isn't necessarily a bad thing. You're just talking about the way that it interfaces with uh, the <coughs> motorhome and obviously the very uh, low-current appliances that we use today generally. I mean, it's no, no longer is it the days of transistors or valves and televisions. Everything is, <laughs> is very, very low-current, isn't it? And generators there's, are spiky, as you say. There's a percentage of this audience that have no idea what you just said. <laughs> yeah, well. Very small percentage, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, so have we covered everything no inverters so i'm a big fan of my coffee i love my coffee there's one here in front of me now and i'm a nespresso freak i'm happy to admit it and running a nespresso coffee machine in a motorhome is number one accessory for me running them on an inverter though does tire the battery very quickly now an inverter changes the electricity from direct current to alternating current so thank you so when you're not on electric hookup those three pin sockets that you have in the wall at home won't work there's no magic otherwise we'd all run our houses off a 12 volt battery wouldn't we so to link between the two you've got to change the battery voltage from 12 volts dc to 240 volts ac so we've got to generate a a big multiple 20 times the voltage up to 240 volts is that right is my maths right there something like that i think so roughly so that's called an inverter and there are different sizes of inverters depending on the type of appliance you want to use and obviously the bigger the inverter the bigger the appliance it can run and now a coffee machine is a fairly fairly power hungry piece of kit i might treat myself to one or two a day and we if with a solar panel it will recharge the battery or we're going to go for a drive we do have a rule of thumb though you can't do this when you're driving but Making a coffee is not a good idea. Uh, But we generally use our inverter when we're driving and only when we're driving. So we will use it to recharge my MacBook so or laptop. So my Mac is only a 240-volt plug. And now that's quite a power-hungry piece of kit when it's charging. So we will will run the inverter when we're driving. The engine's helping the battery along. It's recharging it whilst we're using that bit of kit. 
We have a drone with a battery we want to recharge. We will use that. We will recharge that when we're driving. So being very disciplined about when you use an inverter. Obviously, as I say, you can't make a cup of coffee when you're driving. I don't recommend you try that. Drying your hair is very difficult when you're driving as well. So I don't recommend that either. Is, you know, These appliances, how necessary is it that I use them while we're parked up? And again, it's just keeping a close eye on the battery and making sure it doesn't drop below 50% or you could end up in trouble. It's worth going back to the old-fashioned way of doing things, isn't it, really, instead of just flicking that switch. If you want to boil water, uh, do it over a fire or a gas bottle or something like that. Do it on the hob. Use the gas. So yeah. you've got, you know, there's a whole other plethora of power that we've got there with the gas. And the fridge will run on gas. Of course, you've got the hob or the oven if you've got an oven in your motorhome. So you can boil a kettle. My Nespresso is my guilty pleasure. But we have a cafetiere. So we have decent coffee from a cafetiere by boiling a, a, that old-fashioned kettle that whistles when it's ready. Mm. So we are talking about power, as you say. So we've covered electricity. Uh, we've got gas, uh, uh, we know. So we're all, we're all right, providing you know, we think about how we're using that power uh, and, and don't waste it. I mean, I suppose that applies uh, for us in our homes these days with the cost of energy. It's just a good habit to get into, isn't it? Is, it is, yeah. Turning the lights off when you walk out of the room. Do you really need the heating on? Can you, could you wear another jumper? I mean, I sound like, nan, like my nan now. It's almost a sense of entitlement. You know, I'm, I want the telly on in the background while I'm cooking tea. Really, do you need it on? Yeah, and I think with a, with, when you're away in a motorhome, you become far more aware of how we're consuming power. And, and that's a good thing. And I think to be aware of it, you know, power is, is not limitless, particularly if you are off-grid, then you become very mindful. And actually, it can become quite obsessive. I know people that write everything down, you know, the amperage of this appliance, uh, the wattage of the solar panel, and they do Ohm's law to work it all out. And that's great, you know, until you bring your kids along. And then it all goes wrong. <laughs> Dad, can you make your phone a hotspot? How do I get the PlayStation working, Dad? <laughs> You've brought the PlayStation. Get on your bike. <laughs> so be sensible and uh, plan ahead, particularly if you're uh, going off grid. But if you're just plugging in, then I suppose all of this is uh, not necessary for you. A company like yours, you supply uh, you get lots of things that people can use from the shelves. Are, are these batteries and things that, that, that you want to install in the motorhomes, are they prohibitively expensive? Should you be budgeting thousands rather than hundreds? Yeah, hundreds, definitely yeah. hundreds. So a Leisure battery is going to be, they're getting more expensive, of course, as everything is, but £150 is a reasonable budget for a 100 amp hour, 120 amp hour Leisure battery. You can spend a lot more. An AGM battery is probably going to be double that, possibly a bit more. Lithium-ion, you're into, you know, £500. And you need to check compatibility as well with a lithium-ion with your motorhome system. And that's, you know, check with your dealer um, or the manufacturer as to whether a lithium-ion battery is going to, going to work uh, because it's a different a different technology uh, solar panels hundreds of pounds are going to give you a solar panel people often say to me oh should we buy a solar panel is that well I, I wouldn't yet i would i would say look go and try your motorhome first if you find that that trip of yours to the cairngorms and you've you've watched tv and you, you're not drying your hair because you're wearing a hat but you know you're being sensible do you actually need to spend that money on a solar panel you could buy a second leisure battery 
and parallel them up, giving you twice as much power uh, in terms of length of time. So that may be a cheaper and much easier route to giving you more power. So I would just see how you use it. If you, if you find, like us, we do short trips in our motorhome, you will stop for a day or three, and then we're, we're driving it. And often we'll drive for several hours. So the batteries all get a fantastic recharge, or we go to a campsite with electric hookup. So we're constantly recharging the battery, and we're using the 240-volt sockets. We're not using our inverter. So my Nespresso is running courtesy of the campsite, not our battery. So we don't have a solar panel. We don't really need it. I'd say, you know, test how you're going to use it first. You know, we all think these things are a great idea, but in reality, do you need to spend that money? You don't necessarily have to, and don't be forced into it because you're keeping up with the Joneses because your mate has got a lithium ion and all the rest of it. Think hard, yeah. as, as you're saying. And there's a lot of that that goes on, of course, you know. Okay, then, Matt, if, if people want to get in touch, I want to ask questions, how should they do it? We'd love that. So you can email us, team at motorhomemat.co.uk. We're on the usual socials, Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, we are motorhomemat.co.uk. And on Facebook, simply motorhomemat. And if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit subscribe and the little bell, and then the gods of YouTube can tell you when a new episode has been out. Ding, ding. <laughs> Do you own a motorhome, caravan, campervan or tent? Head to thatleisureshop.com for all your outdoor living essentials. Camping furniture, cookware, spares, e-bikes and more. Visit us in store in North Somerset at BS24 6RT or shop online and get free delivery on all orders over £150. Everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. Thatleisureshop.com. Enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.